0: Hello, I'm Suzanne and I'm Zoe and you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors sponsored by Sunset Satisfaction, our own sex toy shop where you can find lots of fun vibrators and lube and books and butt plugs and all sorts of stuff to enhance your sexual pleasure and find out about areas of your body that maybe you've never even tried to explore before. But you know what? It's never too late to try that's right (laughs) that's that's our motto at sunset satisfaction it's never too late to try anyway (laughs) give it a shot we are going to be talking today about zoe said oh my god this is so depressing but i don't think it is it's it's about menopause and the libido just putting it out there so you're a bit younger than me zoe
1: uh just a couple years i think um Yeah, so I am 59, and definitely, I I believe, over the hump, as we say. Um, I uh, have not had a period in a few years. They say, just in case anybody doesn't know this, and this information is helpful, um, the, the way to measure whether or not you're in menopause is if you hadn't had a period for a year. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time I had one, which is glorious, frankly, like not having periods is probably one of the great things about the menopause, to be honest, I thought, but there was lots of not so great things as well. And yeah, I mean, I remember at the beginning for me, uh, both of us haven't done HRT. So that also informs this conversation because if we were on opposite sides of the HRT fence, Zoe so would probably be telling me that she had this incredibly high libido and every and everything was like juicy like twenty-four <laughs> seven.
1: I'm not sure if HRT does that. HRT is hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. So if you don't know that acronym, that's that's what we're talking about. And there are um Suzanne, you brought up uh bioidentical, right? So that's yeah. a That's a um, not animal-based, right?
0: Yeah. And and from what I understand, the people that, I mean, obviously we've got a different medical system here than you do. So everything in your country is like super expensive, but, and, and the NHS isn't necessarily totally up to speed with all of this bio-identical stuff versus animal-based HRT and all of that. But- we you have to take a lot of blood tests um a huge amount of blood tests and then they look at like all all your blood work and then they work out an exact formulation for you based on your hormones where you are right now and then you have to keep going to see where you are in the process and that keeps getting adjusted and From what I hear from my friends who are doing that, it has absolutely saved their life. And for those who are in long-term relationships, I think I can certainly see the smile on husbands' faces (laughs) when they talk about going on bioidentical hormones or just HRT. They're like, yep, and then we're still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) In that way, you could tell that maybe they weren't doing it so often before they made that decision.
1: Yeah. I. Um, so in this country, in the United States, you'd want to go to what we call a functional medicine doctor. Oh, right. Right. So it's someone, a functional medicine doctor is someone usually that has a an alternative um, um, credential. They're not necessarily medical doctors. Some are. Some are medical doctors that practice functional medicine. And what that means is that you're not just treating symptoms. You're actually doing the blood tests and investigating underlying imbalances and causes of not just menopause, but of anything that ails you. Uh Um, So I've I've seen a a functional medicine doctor who actually had me do my uh, genealogy, and then you can order a medical report based on your DNA. Wow. Um, And yeah, and then sort of go from there yeah here it's in the uk it's the the people that do that are actually doctors
0: and they are um there are some clinics i think in that are part of the national health service that will do it but you have to like everything else you have to hunt around for it even on the nhs you can get homeopathy because we have a homeopathic hospital but again Anyone who tries to get alternative anything on the National Health Service usually has to fight for it because, of course, it's outside of what people would consider to be the usual way of going about things. So my view on all of this is like if you really want to check out what's available, then you have to make the effort. It's not it's not automatically going to be assumed that they're going to tell you about any of this stuff. They're just going to you have to go and dig around and then find out. But, you know, from what I know is that it can it can keep it can keep your libido high and certainly or just libido kind of whatever it was at before. It kind of keeps it there. Whereas I know that because I didn't go on HRT and I did have a very high libido during my 40s. That when I hit my fifties, I felt like I sort of like jumped off the libido cliff, and I was and I was somewhere on the bottom, scurrying around trying to find it again. And (laughs) it wasn't, and it was took me a really long time to get to get over that. Actually, like that, it wasn't going to come back in the same way that it had been there before. And I, because it had been such a part of my life that I. Yeah, not having it felt a bit like grieving, to be honest. But mm. I, I did get past it. But initially, I felt a bit like, oh, this is this is a bit shit. Not, <laughs> not, not having a sex drive kind of is a bit shit. But but it it moved into something different.
1: I'd love to hear what your other symptoms were during menopause, or the major symptoms, um, just for for people who are listening who are wondering if this is normal does it get better what's happening yeah. like for me for me yeah. i had um i had hot flashes and i um and the hot flashes weren't so frequent i would they'd sort of come in clusters so i'd have like for a couple of days i'd have maybe four or five and and a hot flash like just this moment of like, Oh my God, I'm so hot. <laughs> like, I just need a, I need a fan or something like just like burning up from the inside out a little bit like a fever. Yeah. Um, a little bit like when, when a, like the onset of a fever, it didn't, I didn't have the achiness like, you know, like when you're really truly sick and viral um, and then um, and that, I think probably for the better part of a year, I would get those. And then that hasn't really happened very much in in a couple of years. And then even
0: during the night, like you don't get it. I still get it when I'm asleep. Like I still have to throw the covers off me kind of once or twice a night. And just, I have a fan that I sleep with permanently by the side of my bed. And I suspect it's now completely psychosomatic because I just, I'm always throwing the covers off, turning the fan on. I'm a fucking nightmare to sleep with because, you know, I'm just rolling around and throwing covers off and turning the fan on and getting up and taking a piss and it's horrible.
1: Nobody yeah, that's, wants
0: to sleep with me. I don't well, want to
1: sleep with me. I do have a fan at the side of my bed. What I was going to yeah. say is worse than the hot flashes which have sort of come and gone.
0: Yeah. I
1: um I just run hot all the time. And I used to yeah. run cold. Like oh. and and love that you know i i sort yeah. of i don't like being hot and no. i'm not very hot i don't perspire easily even when i'm working out and exercising i don't perspire very much you know yeah 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 um and this has been like i just i don't love being hot all the time No,
0: it's just horrible warm. yeah And, and, and it's like the droplets of sweat down my back and on my chest that suddenly come from nowhere. I I don't really get those very much anymore, but I do find that if I like, there's a few things that have definitely improved every symptom of menopause. One was strength training and doing heavy weights and stuff that you can see if you're on video which were not in the back of my studio heavy kettlebells and all sorts of things like that and then the other thing was just avoiding spicy foods just generally which you know I love spicy foods but it's all it just adds heat to what is already somebody who's hot so I I had to avoid you know anything that was going to contribute to more heat and the third thing was not too much alcohol um, I know that if I drink, it's just going to be bad and I'm not going to get any sleep, which kind of is, is related to alcohol just generally. But I know that I'm going to probably sweat a bit more and it's not going to be very pleasant. So all of these things, I still do them, but I know what what's going to happen. So I just make a conscious decision. Like, am I going to eat those spicy wings? Do I want spicy wings? Yeah, I really want spicy wings today. Do I care that... I'm not going to get any sleep. No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just make that
0: decision, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I was going out with a 33 year old guy when I was 50 and that's pretty much when I hit menopause and, or 51 or, or around then. And we were having like just crazy good sex before like a gazillion times a day. And it was really fun. And then I just went, oh no. And I just said to him, sweetie, it's just not fair. I mean, you don't want it. It, This is just too icky. And I remember him saying to me, how long does this go on for? And I said something like, oh, like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, he just his face dropped like 10 years. And I went, yeah, yeah, 10 years. And he went, oh, right. Okay. You know, there's a song called let can't we be friends? I think that was, that was, that was (laughs) where we got. Yeah. That was where we got to was Um, we just became friends. Yeah.
1: So Suzanne really, was it 10 years of discomfort or adjustment? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It really
0: was. Unfortunately, it really was, but not, not look, I know a lot of women that, when their libido goes off a cliff, I and I've spoken to loads of women about this, they just say, all right, I'm just not going to have sex anymore, and I don't care. Because it wasn't very fun to start with, and I don't have a partner, so I don't care. I'm just going to do something else. I'm just going to get a pet, you know, and plow all my attention into my pets or garden or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I tot- I totally get that. But I suppose because sex was so important and such an important part of my life, I, know I could have made that decision without any hesitation whatsoever, but I just didn't want to be that person. So I kind of make a conscious decision that I want to keep having sex, even though if I don't, like there's nothing, I do get horny, but just not anywhere near what I used to, like not even close.
1: Right. You know. Right. So, same, same. Yeah. And I feel yeah. that way too. You know, sex, I've always been a, a very sexually expressed person. person. And so then it becomes important to me, less important than it used to. Same thing. Um, yeah. My biggest concern right now is to keep the, to keep the vaginal tissues moist and yeah. because they get thin. And there's less sensation for me. I don't know about you, but... Oh,
0: totally. Yeah, completely. I mean, the, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I moaned about the high-speed vibrators because I just thought they're going to take my clit off. But actually, <laughs> but actually recently, I've sort of like gone to them and gone, oh, you're my friend. You're my friend. But I feel a bit bad about that because I feel like, oh, I'm giving into the because I know that they do. They're not helping to make my tissues more sensitive. But one thing I have noticed is as long as I have sex once a week, I'm I'm good to go. (laughs) And if I if Mm -hmm. I don't have sex once a week, then I then it can be a bit painful, even if I use lube. So I have to be I have to be really on my guard that I don't go a bit, you know, overboard when I do have it. Cause then I just, I did, I, and I wasn't prone to cystitis, but recently I've noticed that I've I've had cystitis and I'm like, Oh, this is another re- ram- repercussion of this.
1: Yeah. Being
0: not being sexually active, being sexually active, not being sexually active, being sex. It's like, I, I almost have to have sex like a robot. Just so that I don't um it doesn't go all horribly thin and painful,
1: yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> and part of that makes sense because what happens is so so technically, right, the reason why we have all of these symptoms is because we have a drastic drop in estrogen, yeah and and everything rebalances, but basically the estrogen is um is responsible for keeping the, the, uh, the tissues, the vaginal tissues plump and, um, (laughs) hydrated and lubricated. Right. And so, um, and so, and that's why people take, you know, estrogen cream, um, which, you know, taken, um, on the skin, you know, rub it into your skin, either into the vaginal opening itself, right, at the yeah, opening yeah. or on your thigh. Or I know some people that put it on their inner wrist, yeah, where, where the blood vessels are close to the surface, um, where it gets absorbed. So, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I feel helps as well is not just sex with a partner, but solo sex with a dildo
0: yeah you know yeah i mean i've been thinking about that as well just like oh should i just you know because i do you know like you said it's just about keeping that air you know having something if you like penetrative sex being penetrative but you know there's a woman who runs another sex toy company called joe divine sam who's uh been a nurse and she advises a lot of older people and she herself swears by that estrogen cream internally and said you know there is no reason why we have to experience any pain and these creams these estrogen creams and stuff are really good I haven't tried them but she swears by them and so I know that they do work similarly we have to overcome any of this bullshit that we feel about lube using lube you know not being wet enough all that rubbish because it's just important (laughs) like because otherwise you know I've gotten little tears I've noticed that you know and it's not like it's not super bloody but you know not to be gross or anything but but I can see that I've had little tears right yeah like it's it's just clear and then when I've sex it's fucking painful so you know it we just have to be really um we really have to communicate all of this kind of stuff to our partners and also appreciate what's happening with our own body because things do change
1: they do change and it's fine you know i mean this is it what you know it's a buddhist notion that um or i mean not notion really it's a buddhist b- belief and he he observed he emerged from the bodhi tree with the information for all of us that um suffering is the result all suffering is the result of wishing things were different than they are yeah you know so um embrace where you are i mean i coach this all day long just yeah. look at your body love your body embrace your body accept where you are who you are where you are and figure out how to work with it
0: yeah and 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 the thing about that I've noticed somebody said about the libido which I thought was a really interesting remark was they said desire follows arousal in a menopausal woman (laughs) and I think and I thought that was a really good expression because that's what happens to me it's like I'm not actually like walking around like a horn dog or anything, but but if somebody starts like getting fruity with me, then I feel my body's like going ooh 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 something's happening, and then everything starts kicking in. But that was different in my younger days when I would just walk around perpetually wanting to have sex. Now I walk around perpetually not wanting to have sex or not caring whether I have sex, but if somebody does something to me, or even just some th- weird kinky shit just happens in front of me, then I go, "Ooh, that's kind of exciting. And then I yeah. get excited.
1: Yeah. It's different. I think that's actually pretty brilliant. I love that. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I mean, what that's called clinically is responsive desire. So you need to be in the, you know, there's spontaneous desire, which is kind of how we used to be. Not everybody <laughs> is, but you and I were, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and and then um, responsive desire is that you you feel desire to have sex when you're already in, engaged in sexual activity. You're responding to what's happening in the moment and then you decide, you know, you not decide, but you like are in your body is inspired then and drawn to have sex. Um, That's that's a good uh, reframing um, for menopause, for sure. And do you
0: think based upon the work that you do with couples and maybe in your own relationship, I know for me that one of the things that I struggle with because of that is that I'm not really great at initiating anymore, like I used to be. And I kind of wait now for someone else to initiate because I need, I kind of almost need them to, so that I go like, oh, you're doing something now. That's good. I can do something now. (laughs) So I don't initiate, like I used to initiate a lot more when I was younger, but now I don't. Um, And that's partly as a result of that feeling as well just not you know waiting for somebody else almost to take the lead so I would also say you know I get we get a lot of people couples on TikTok that write in and say they haven't had sex with their partner for years that are in their 60s and stuff and I suspect it's because of the fact that maybe one person always took the lead and now they're a bit like yeah I don't want to do that anymore
1: Absolutely. And, and it, you know, on so many of these episodes, and when we talk about so many different dynamics in a relationship, um, communication is key. You know, it what ends up happening is that anything can be worked Mm -hmm. through. And if you just sort of accept it as it is and communicate about it and figure out how to, you know, a workaround or the new normal or what, what nurtures both people, you know, Um, and I, I think that, uh, it's true that, you know, things on the other side of the coin, if you are, if you are a person with a penis and a testosterone based operating system, testosterone wanes as well, you know? So, there's there's lots of stuff to talk about it's not just that people with vulvas who experience menopause are um are are you laughing that's politically correct now because not all women have vulvas.
0: no no I know I mean it is I I you know that it's it, it happens on both sides I I like I, you know, the 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 upside for me of all of this is that once you actually get to your own new normal, which isn't the same as it was in your 40s or 30s or 20s, and that's where it gets positive again, is once you get to the other side, that you have choices you can make. You can choose. You can choose to be not to not have sex anymore if you want. You're not having kids anymore. So you don't have to have sex anymore if you don't want. So that's fine. Or you can choose to have sex if you want, and that's fine as well. But you can, you know, but basically there was somebody, I think it was George Melly, the musician George Melly, who said that his libido was like having a monkey on his back. And I did feel that way through a lot of my 40s. And it was really fucking distracting. So I'm kind of glad that I don't have that anymore because... I can just like get on with my life and focus on different things. Whereas before there was no opportunity to do that. It was literally a little voice in my head, just telling me when, when are you going to get laid next? When are you going to get laid? Like, like, you know, and it drove me crazy. So, so once I realized that little voice had (laughs) gone away, I was okay. I was, I mean, it took a while for me to realize that they were gone for good and they just hadn't gone on a little holiday and they weren't going to, come back and visit you know that they'd moved far away to a different country and um and I wasn't going to see them very often
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> it is true I something else that I that I feel once I've gotten over the idea that my body doesn't look the way it did when it was you know yeah. 40 um I also I I that's liberating for me anyway. I just feel like I have different standards. Yeah. Society has different standards for me. My, I have a very, I have a husband. We have not, he's hes my second husband, a- actually third if you count the one that wasn't a legal <laughs> <Yes>. marriage, but <laughs> we behaved like spouses. So we'll count it, my current husband as my third husband. And we've only known, we met in our 50s and Um, so we've never really known any, any different. Um, and you know, like all new couples, we were rabid for each other and, um, and now, and he's great. Like he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of those, like his arousal template isn't geared towards porn stars, you know? (laughs) So he's always been loving and accepting and celebrating all the wobbly bits on my body um but yeah i mean i think that there's a freedom now too that i experience that's just sort of like look here i am in my 60s i had a great run and now it's all sort of yeah, bonus yeah, yeah for sure you know?
0: yeah and i think that's the only way that you can look at it is is go what it is now is what it is i look at my body and you know my like different bits and stuff. I mean, I do spend a lot of time on my fitness cause I'm single and that's just like mm-hmm. part of being single mm-hmm. is that you have to look good. If you want to, if you want to keep having sex, and as a single woman, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, that's not, ex- you know, totally true, of course. There's somebody out there for everybody and lots of men like really large women and lots of men like really small women and and all sorts of different women and same with women that like big men and stuff. But I know that, you know, I want to look good and I want to have as many, I want to have as many choices as possible. <laughs> and a part of loving well, yeah. choice what it- is about making sure that I'm you know I'm fit and I'm healthy and I do all the stuff I need to do to kind of maintain all of this but but mostly that's because I also have you know have experienced death and multiple times of my friends and I just am really sensitive to all of that and I want to make sure that I'm really super healthy so.
1: Well, that's, an that's another piece. And what I was going to say is, it's not so much about your how you look as how you feel mm. and your body and how you present yourself. And, you know, you've always been a small woman. So there's no reason for that to change, you know, if if it doesn't no. need to. Me, on the other hand, I'm walking around with 20 <laughs> extra pounds yeah. that are not making me happy. A
0: year and a half ago, I just got rid of them. You know,
1: I just like,
0: yeah, I just made a decision that I didn't I, I wanted to fit into everything in my wardrobe. But also, you know, I know that, again, going back to menopause, like, what can I do for myself to maintain my sex drive? One, I can, you know, make sure that I feel like I'm in the best physical condition that I am. That makes me feel good two, I can make sure that I eat really well, three, I can make sure that I, you know, I do have regular sex, because I want to keep all of that stuff juicy. And, you know, and I don't want to be in pain. Um, But these are all choices that I have made. I have personal choices that I've made. And not everybody has to make those choices. I do think that we are quite significantly different from a lot of other people in their fifties and sixties in that you're in a relationship that started in your fifties. I'm single. And I hear from a lot of people who are in long-term married relationships that, that they've known each other since their twenties and stuff. And it is a bit like slamming into a wall for a lot of these couples. When the woman starts going through menopause and a guy's like, He's bouncing along. It's all it's all good. Happy days, happy days, happy days. They've known each other 30 years. It's all been super great and stuff. And then suddenly she feels like shit. He doesn't know what to do about it. He doesn't want to see her unhappy. But she doesn't know what the fuck's going on with her body. It's all like, it's all a shit show. And I think there's, and if you've never talked about your sex life before, because it's all been... It's all been relatively just like, yeah, just bumbling along, you know, we just have sex twice a week or whatever. Then suddenly when the other person's like, not not feeling it tonight or tomorrow or next week either. And, oh, by the way, that really hurts now. And like, there's a lot to talk about there. And that is sometimes when yeah. people come and see you, if they're smart, <laughs> but That's sometimes great. they don't and they just, and they're just really unhappy, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, yes. Right. And, and again, look, here's the thing. You don't have to have sex to be happy. It's okay to not have sex and to opt out of sex. If you're in a marriage, a long-term, you know, marriage or a short-term marriage, if you're, if you've got a partner, um, the same partner and you're, this is who you're going to be having sex with, if you're going to, then yeah, you know, it's, there's a great opportunity here. And by the way, talking about sex builds intimacy. So you're growing an emotional connection, which will, which is really what you yeah. want, you know, in, in the senior yeah, years to, um, to be, to, to be companionship is one of the reasons why we get together. You know, I mean, we had a, we had a Buddhist ceremony um, because we're both practicing Zen Buddhists and um. And we had a dear friend of ours speak and she said, you know, it's interesting when you're young, you are sort of getting married to live your life together. And when you get married in your 50s, you're essentially getting married to die together. (laughs) You know, and I don't mean that in a morbid sense, but you know, this is like the third, we're entering into the third chapter of our, of our lives, you know, and so we're going to communicate and be close and, and make all the, you know, all the decisions together about how we're going to spend our, our time, what we're going to do with our bodies.
0: That is an intense and very philosophical way to end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but it's true though i mean you know this is the time where that it, stuff stuff starts happening menopause being one of them and i think that the best thing that we all can do because you know one of the things that people have said listening to this these podcasts is especially men like they just didn't know about this stuff right so unless women yeah. say look this is how I'm feeling. Okay. Like, this is what I'd really want from you. Like maybe if you just rub my shoulders or something, just, just, just like start off gentle. You don't like, don't stick it in immediately. Just give me, give me some space to get aroused to feel close to have that physical touch Let's build in a lot more foreplay. Let's build in a lot more hugging and caressing and cuddling and all of the kind of stuff, which I know for me, that's the stuff that starts getting my juices flowing. Like it's not just a guy who comes and then goes straight down on me or wants to just like get it straight in there. It's like I need the buildup now. So, you know, you need to give me the (laughs) buildup. And, and, I just take some time, chill out, no rush. That's the other thing, of course, is there's no rush anymore. Like I'm not coming anytime soon. So we can have, we can have a party all day long, right? Yeah. (laughs) Three hours, four hours, you know, whatever, it's fine. So if you're one of those people who likes a really long, slow afternoon of sex, go out with an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) because they like it flow they like yeah. it slow.
1: <laughs> there you go there you go like, that's the moral of the story just to wrap it up it is up so even
0: lovely to see you and have a lovely morning at now yes
1: likewise, likewise.